righty, you're listening to the CNC replay. <laughs> I'm Chris. So close. I'm Noel. I'm Corey. And we're back at it again. Yeah, we're we trying sure to be. Are. Chris still yeah, doesn't this... know what the title of our podcast is, so that's <laughs> cool. It's deep. <laughs> so good for him. Yeah, but uh, besides that, we have a another podcast that we have barely prepared for, but we'll probably bust out another hour, 20 minutes worth of content because we love to talk about ourselves and each uh, other. Again, we and were Detroit. So- we were gaining credibility, Chris. We were so close. Like, we do research for this. Like, the amount of Pistons talk that we've had would, like, on this podcast would be, like, is exponentially different than what we had before. Mostly because before it was pretty much non-existent. But we actually, like, know what, like, what we're talking about, kind of. At least, at least Brandon Bush hasn't texted me back in a couple of weeks. Maybe he stopped listening, or we're like on par with our basketball knowledge. So you should follow up. Yeah, <laughs> Brandon, if you're hey. listening, I do have I do have a select uh, group of friends that want want me to uh, or want us to just like have a have a week where we talk about something that isn't sports, but like like the Russian caber toss or something like just like an hour long of like something just completely random. Perfect. I'm down. That could but be like a new segment, but like no, it's like the entire show, and we don't tell anybody about it. We just go in and we start talking. And we don't as talk. you're currently recording a podcast that is going to be published to the public, we're not gonna not gonna tell anybody. So public, all of our you know fifty listeners, less than that, don't tell anybody. Correct. We're gonna have a random podcast in a random time in the next couple months, discussing not Detroit sports. <laughs> and it'll it. be Russian caber tossing. Yes, it will be. It will be. So, oh boy, what else is just as interesting as Russian caber tossing? The Pistons. (laughs) Just (laughs) good lord, Chris. (laughs) The segues are not getting any better. Oh my gosh! Just as just as uh, unrelatable and uninteresting at the moment. But uh, we still have Blake Griffin. Uh, He's still on the team uh probably not next week is my guess but i don't know guys i to be honest with you i did not catch the pistons games this week i greatly apologize to everybody out there so i'm gonna have as usual some help with this one did anything cool happen um well we lost to uh you know a lot of uh teams so that's (laughs) that that's you know that's kind of how that works um like we we dropped we, oh, we, yeah, we really did loss. Oh. We we were beating the Bulls by like like twenty five points in Chicago, and we somehow find a way to lose that game. Like that's like that's like Red Wings caliber of of yeah. That was painful. Yeah, that was not didn't good. need that. Um, and then we lost to the we lost to the Magic, but it was a it was like a back to back. So we got the sec we picked up the second win, um, and then we lost to the Pelicans, who are like on the cusp of playoffs and in, in the can I just say Pelicans yes. as a team name, just in general as just, I know it's not the weirdest basketball name out there, but it's not my favorite. Anyway, Have you seen continue. how much water a Pelican can hold in its mouth and two fish and two fish is trying to find his son. One of them is trying to find his son. <laughs> <laughs> the inspirational story that is finding Nemo. Uh, but that's kind of let's think about that first. Like, like 
<laughs> two gallons of water and then two fish. Like, so like they could be like swimming around in there before like they get swallowed. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hear the, hear me out. If you, if you shoot a pelican, you have the, you have the opportunity to also get fish from your hunt. That is the only place where you could shoot. No, think about it. Think about it. Maybe another time where you could shoot something one time and get a bird and fish. Oh, my. And the fish are alive. You're getting. Think about it. Two fish with one bird. Getting. Getting. Two, <laughs> I hate two that. I, I am off. You are doing this podcast without me. <laughs> oh. Good night. You knew what you were signing up for. You've known us both long enough. Yes, I know. But oh, oh my gosh, we we need a life goal. We 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 need we need we need to we need to bring this in. We need to bring this in. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) continuing on with the non-bird piston scheme. So they. They continued on. They they lost to the Pelicans, shocker, and then they play. They turned around and played the the Kings at home, who were on like a seven game like losing streak. And so of course and they, they were beat, on ice. what? And they were on ice, and we still lost to them. No, this the set. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <sighs> I think Corey's gonna try and murder us through the screens. Because neither of us has stopped laughing in the last two minutes. <laughs> and I have tears running down my face. We we wonder why no one takes us in. One of, literally, one of the four major sports teams that we are supposed to talk about on this podcast, we can't take seriously at all. Good Lord. And if, okay. anything, if anything, it should be the Lions. Because no one can take the Lions seriously. But it's the Pistons. <laughs> I think I'm back. Uh, no, you're not. You're not back. Because I I'm am. Gonna, I'm going to have to talk about how we lost to a, a team that lost seven games in a row and came in and beat the Pistons on the road. And then we go around and lose to the Knicks, who are apparently like good now. They're like the fourth best team in the East, which is crazy. Um, so bizarro world that we're living in. Um, but I guess the thing that we have to talk about is the the one hope that we had as Pistons fans was Jeremy Grant making an all-star game. And it was so bad that he didn't even make the all-star game snub list. I know. Like I'm that's so angry. That's and I, I like I understand and I kind again, it's we I talked about this last week. The NBA is a unique league, and like because there's so few players on a roster. Um, they can market differently. They can, you know, have their all-star game differently and all, and all that jazz. But so there's not going to be equal representation for, uh, teams in the all-star game, nor maybe should there be because the parody in the NBA is the worst out of the four major. But, um, we have Jeremy Grant who's playing at an all-star caliber level. And right now, just his stats, he's averaging about 23 and a half points a game, five rebounds a game and two or three assists. Um, and s- some may say, Oh, the assist number is low, but who, who, who does Jeremy Grant have to pass the ball to score to? I mean, like Jeremy Grant is 
basically the offense and then whichever young guy decides to wake up. I mean, Josh Jackson has been playing really well as well. But I say those stats because Jalen Brown, uh, who's on the Celtics and uh, uh, Jason Tatum, I think, is a starter for this year. And Jalen Brown made it as a reserve. Um, practically has the same numbers uh, about tw- he's at 25 average for points, uh, five rebounds and four assists per game. So like, I mean, if you want to look at it, I mean, Jeremy Grant's a power forward or small forward and Jalen Brown could be a small forward or shooting guard. Um, but just as far as representation, you already have Jason Tatum as a starter and you have another guy who's somewhat comparable stats wise. Why not just, have a piston and you know in a in a season where it's obviously rebuilding for the city of detroit why not the bone throw them in there and another thing too the east has four centers on the all-star roster four i mean if you count if you count joel Embiid as a center um i guess you could count Giannis as a center um and then i looked i had it up on my phone um let me double check here is Giannis technically a center? He could play anything. I think. Yeah. I, I think on his like NBA fantasy like, like, like player profile, he has every single position that he can play. So like, holy cow! He started as a point guard once last year, I think, which is crazy. But maybe it was him or LeBron. I can't. I, yeah, I'm, he's probably my favorite player currently in the league. LeBron he's just absolutely. No, oh no, uh, Giannis. My favorite player is Michael Jordan in the league today. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, let me see. Okay, so for the East, the starters are Kevin Durant, who's not playing, Giannis, Bradley Beal, who is also on a terrible team, but Bradley Beal has probably been the most impressive player in the Eastern Conference this year, just points production-wise. Joel Embiid, who can play centered or forward. Kyrie Irving, who's a guard. Uh, Jason Tatum is not a starter, but I no, he did. Yes, he replaces Durant in the starting lineup. Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle from the Knicks. He plays center for them or forward, um, deserving of the all-star spot. Ben Simmons, and then Nikolai Vucevic for the Orlando Magic. This man is 30 years old. He's averaging He's averaging 24 points per game. Um, but he's 30 years. Yeah. I said, he's 30 years old. So this is only a second all-star game. And he, I mean, he's kind of balling out, but the magic aren't any good either. And no. he's also, he's also playing a not like sexy position. <clears throat> I, I mean, like, yes. I mean, the, the, the center position in the NBA is not sexy. At yeah. All. And then, uh, Demonis Sabonis from the Pacers, who's also been balling out. He's basically the whole reason why the Pacers are any good. Um, he got he replaced uh, Kevin Durant, so he was like the mm-hmm. number one snub. So, but he also plays center. So we've got we've got four centers uh, on the Eastern Conference team. Why do we need that many? That's we great. Don't. We we're don't. Playing, we're playing old basketball again. Here it comes. We <clears throat> do not. So Ready like for the post moves. <laughs> so if you have a player who's playing at an all, all-star caliber level, and I, I guess I don't understand what goes into the voting process, fans vote in the starters and then coaches and stuff around the league. But I don't know. Throw us a bone. Like we said earlier, like why, why, why not? It gives something. I mean, cause like if you're, if you are a Pistons fan, like, and you enjoy watching Pistons basketball, 
um, which you have to be if you're watching Pistons basketball right now. Um, what incentive other than to watch the superstars play, but you kind of already do that on national television anyway, what incentive do you have to watch the all-star game? Because your incentive to watch games that aren't Pistons games are to watch the superstars because they're on national TV. So if, if that's your incentive, then you're just, I mean, I guess you get more all-stars and, all on one stage, but th- those guys aren't playing hard. So like at least give you some, some hometown guy to root for. And I mean, I don't know. And that's, what's different with at least the NBA or at least with the NHL and the MLB all-star game. Cause like you'll most likely, unless it's like a pitching thing or an injury, you'll see, you'll see somebody from your team play with all these stars. So right. poor Tyler Bertuzzi last year. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, he, he he played pretty well. No, it? I'm saying he did pretty well, but like his interviews during it were like, I know they had to send somebody and it's fine that I'm here. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> but deservedly so. Like, who else were we going to send? I mean, I guess True. Larkin, but. Still. Larkin would have yeah. gone. He would have been like, I need the I need the sleep. Yeah, yeah really. Hi, I'm too busy carrying the team. Uh, <laughs> For real. A little tired. Yeah. <clears throat> so that, that, those are my thoughts on the Pistons and just to, I as, agree with you. I as one way I to get through this season. Is, do you just agree with me or do you have nothing to say? I both. no, I agree with you. I remember <laughs> seeing, I remember seeing that tweet and like the, that, uh, that was how I got my notification. <clears throat> um, Cause you should go to Twitter for your news guys. Um, of course. Seriously. The Seriously. viable place to find news. Right unbiased and i saw something about fans were voting in players on a joke like detroit fans were voting in i can't remember who it was because it was a long time ago that they read this alex caruso probably uh as a joke and the reporter was just like guys jeremy grant didn't get in because you were all being idiots stop this and i was like what are we doing what are we doing that's true so yeah not a fan especially when your roster is 15 players like you can't afford to just throw like yeah joke jokes or joke votes in there yeah no and if we're throwing joke votes it better be for harambe (laughs) you know the presidency no, he throwback didn't. 2016. Yeah, he, he the, almost won a county. Oh, Lord. I didn't know. I know he got 11,000 votes and like he 20,000 votes. I thought it was just 11. Mm-mm. It was like 20,000 votes. And I think it came from like one county. Oh, <laughs> oh the American voter system sure, was broken. I'm pretty sure he almost won a county in like New Jersey or something like that. I forget where it was. But. All right, we need to move on. We've had too much animal talk in this. <laughs> we need to just move on to move on to the lions uh so <laughs> i mean there's not another much. animal just oh well there's i mean there's not much to talk about the no. lion but we're just kind Here, of playing the waiting game here's my thought here's my thought about the lions is what what they do with galladay will dictate what their plan is uh for the team so if they're looking to actually be a viable team in the next year or two then they're probably going to keep galladay and then we're probably going to hopefully see some trades happen and some good picks in the draft and they had their hopeful but if they're if they're not very hopeful with where the team's at i think that they're going to trade galladay they're going to get some draft capital and then we're going to see 
probably a longer Dan Campbell for sure. No matter what, just because that's about explain the six year contract kind of like the kind of the whole like Eisenman thing right now is mm-hmm. we're starting at ground zero. And I think once Galladay, we, the decision of Galladay goes through, we'll kind of see more of what the team is going to be offering. But that's my two is cents. Is there a deadline for the Galladay thing? I just don't know. What that yes. Is. When yeah, is okay. that? It's coming up soon. I think it's at the end of this week. Okay. I'm pretty sure that is true as well. One moment. I'm going to Google that while we talk about things. So like by next by next week or by next podcast, we'll be talking about the Galladay fallout or whatever happens with that. Personally, I mean, I think they should <laughs> they should keep him because, I mean, he is a wide receiver going to his prime. And I think we talked about this last week a little bit. Um, but or we talked about speculation of what they should do. Um, I believe um, that they should. Um, yeah. Just because, I mean, you have a number one wide receiver. Try to keep him around and. It, it, I'm hearing rumors that they're trying to make golf like some sort of an option. Like he's, he's not just a stopgap, is, is what I'm hearing, which yeah. I, I think kind of hurts the lions. Cause what hurt the lions last year was um, that no one traded with them because everybody knew they weren't taking a quarterback and people only trade up to get quarterbacks or a, a position that they know they need. So um, I think the lions need to go in with, I mean, the, what what do I know? But still, um, the lion the Lions need to go in to this draft with the potential to take a quarterback, just so they can get more draft capital and then possibly get whoever else they want on the swing around. I've heard a lot of things about Mac Jones. Um, I mean, I've seen the man with the shirt off. He's pretty uninspiring. <laughs> um, so is Tom Brady. Uh, that. That is true, but I don't want to throw out Tom Brady comparisons to Mac Jones. Um, Everyone wants a good laugh real quick. Look up uh, Tom Brady's combine. Pretty funny. I'm sure. It's pretty hilarious. Wasn't he wearing cargo shorts or something? Yeah, he was wearing cargo shorts. And he was wearing New Balances. Sir. The the New Balance dad 60s, you know what I mean? The, uh, the, 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 The Mach 3 New Balances. You know, the, you're our resident dad. I don't know. <laughs> Chris isn't actually a dad. He just exudes vibes. He could be. Not I don't know. <laughs> no, nope, definitely not. <laughs> not yet. Oh, 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 nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I, I, no, stop nodding your head, Marielle. She wants she wants a honeymoon baby so bad. It ain't oh, gonna happen. Don't oh, do boy. that. I you're can't do, do it. That. You're like four want- years old, man. <laughs> See, I like the idea of getting a house at some point in the next like five years, but Marielle likes the idea of having a child. So we'll you see what You are happens. a child. Yeah, I know. No, I know. you're four years old. Sorry, now we're talking about my life. <laughs> the lions. <so laughs> yes. Uh, we don't know. We don't know much of what's going to happen. How did we get there? Because we're talking about Tom Brady being a dad. Um, <laughs> oh, there you go. But no, I yeah, there's there's not much we can talk about here. We just have to kind of wait and see where the dust settles. Um, but they if they if if they somehow convince the NFL it's like, oh yeah, Goff is our guy, then they just they just started off just as bad as the Patricia Bob Quinn um yeah. year last year, and they can't they can't trade out of that seventh spot because everybody knows who they're taking then we lose the potential of more draft capital. And I think that's really dumb. 
And that's like, well, here, and that's like, here we go again. Same, same song and dance with the Detroit lions. And then we all get mm-hmm. sad. And then we're like, this is our year. And then they lose to like yeah. the Vikings by 50 or Mitchell Trubisky, like looks like Joe Montana. And <sighs> hear me out. Hear me out. You ready for trade this? trade for Mitchell Trubisky? No, no, no. Hear me out. We trade Jared Goff and Kenny Galladay to the Jaguars for the first overall pick. That's not going to happen. Trevor Lawrence, Chris to Detroit. Chris, Chris. no, nah, I'm just kidding. The Rams, I'm just kidding. The Rams gave us another first round pick, so we would take Goff's contract. That's how bad they wanted it off the books. Yeah. <laughs> so if the Rams knew what they, but had, hear me out. Oh, but if no. we give Galladay and Goff and our first round pick. For their first overall pick, we get Trevor Lawrence. No, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't that wouldn't work. Well, I mean, I guess they could take a quarterback, or, at seven, but no. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember when the Saints traded their entire draft? Yeah, for Ricky Williams. <laughs> do you remember that? And uh. Like, and I don't. He, I couldn't tell you what year it was. Well, I I can tell I you. I just know that. what happened. Um, Ricky Williams was bon- the bona fide number one overall prospect. It's kind of similar to Trevor Lawrence. We would literally have to trade our entire draft to get Trevor Lawrence. We are not going to trade our entire draft for Trevor Lawrence, be- no. simply because we our our defense would be you, me, and Noel playing middle or playing linebacker. <laughs> I'm down. Hey, Let's do it. Let's do it. No, that I would no, that would not be good. No, I quit football in high school because I was soft. You you think I'm you think I'm not soft now? No, I'm I'm soft. I would die. <laughs> no, I know. I'd do it. That sounds fun. I'd probably get killed by like the end of the second, but sounds like a hoot and a half. The end of the second, oh. you're giving yourself a lot of credit. I am. I'm giving myself <laughs> I have I have a lot of fighting spirit, but I don't I we'll see. I'll probably be dead by then. But uh, do you think that we're going to draft a quarterback at seven or do you think we're going to go defensive? No, I, I, I'm kind of thinking now that they will, they're going to tell teams that they're going to draft a quarterback and, um, it's just a matter of where they're going to be. I, 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 I guess I'm kind of going with the trend that I think the lions want Mac Jones. Hmm. Um, so they, they might trade down to get him. Um, I would so. like that. Some people say Mac Jones is going late in the first. I was reading some ESPN article that's that or some ESPN draft that says like that Mac Jones is going to go like 28th overall. And I, I think that's absolutely nuts. I think it's absolute nuts. Yeah, I think he's probably going to go in the top five, and I'd be okay with trading down for him. I wouldn't mind it. There's a lot of good quarterbacks this year. I wouldn't mind waiting. I wouldn't mind doing it this year. I, I they're in a great. I mean, overall, I think they're in a great position to. To trade down, yeah. To tra- they're in a great position to trade down. They're in a great position to hold off. If they need to. There's a lot they can do, which is nice. But I would like to see a trade down and just see a just see Mac Jones come in, and then we'll see. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about more animals? We could talk about the tigers. Which ones? Like the. Real LSU, the real ones. I like tigers. They're pretty. I cool. like tigers too. I like tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, geez. Uh, we won against the Phillies. Uh, and we got we got pooped on by the Yankees. No, we didn't. We lost by one run against the Yankees. Yeah, it's not terrible, but no, I was I was actually super surprised. I had the updates on my phone because you can't watch these games yet, so it's a little bit difficult. Um, yeah. but we were, we went down like. I, I think Tyler Alexander gave up a home run the first at bat. And I'm like, well, Tigers baseball is back, baby. Uh, but then they just like all these like no name guys just like started like hitting the crap. out. I think they beat the Phillies like 10 to three, 10 to four. Um, good. Um, so, I mean, it, good. wins are cool. I mean, it's spring training, so it doesn't really matter. But still, I guess it's all about individual performance. I like um, winning. I like winning. Um, today we saw a little bit more of the, uh, what our starters would look like, uh, uh, for opening day. Um, Wilson Ramos played today. He played DH. He hit a home run. Uh, so that's, uh, encouraging to see because we've, other than last year, um, with Romine, we have had zero production from our catching position. So cool. If he sucks as a defensive catcher, we have defensive catchers who can't hit to fill in. So that's fine. Um, but that was cool to see. Um, Gregory Soto, he pitched, um, unfortunately gave up an absolute just behemoth of a home run to Gary Sanchez, who has been trending downward, um, since he had a huge all-star year a couple of years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, again, you kind of have to take spring training with a grain of salt. That's, that is concerning. But, uh, last year, Miguel Cabrera hit an absolute tank job off of Garrett Cole in spring training and Garrett Cole had a really good season. So I'm not comparing Gregory Soto to Garrett Cole, but Gregory Soto was at least our most effective reliever last year. And I think this is a time for pitchers to tinker with some new pitches or how they throw or, you know, whatever. So um, I don't expect Gregory Soto to just totally fall off the face of the earth because he's a left-handed pitcher who can touch triple digits. So um, those are pretty rare. Um, But I do like that. Um, our younger guys are incorporating some new pitches. Um, Scooball and Mize are talking with each other. The, the the pitch that made Mize famous was his splitter, right? So yeah. um, that's what made him the number one overall pick, and that's what's going to make him our number one pitching prospect. He fell because he didn't perform as well um, last year in his first year. Um, but Scooball uh, was our best rookie pitcher. By best, I mean like he had an ERA under seven, so – which is, but I mean, he, he was effective. He throws hard again, left-handed pitcher. He throws hard, um, but he really ran into some trouble uh, putting away guys uh, because he only threw two pitches. So it's good to see that uh, a young guy is realizing that I need to have a third pitch, um, whatever that looks like. It, it just needs to be developed. And this is the time to develop it. And why not, you know, talk to a guy like Casey Mize who has three go-to pitches that he can throw. Um, now I hope that you know that transitions over, but I think Scooball will get some get some valuable valuable time um, to work on that in in this uh, this spring training. But again, first two games under our belt, we lost to the Yankees today. Again, wins and losses in spring training don't matter, but um, you know some production. Nico Goodrum, who looked really bad at the end of last year, um, I think he was leading off today. He had a couple hits, um, so that's encouraging to see. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I guess just focusing on you know some of these new things that pitchers are going to do, or focusing and t- tinkering with what hitters are going to do, is what we have to be looking on. Spring training is all about individual performance, um, mm-hmm. so um, I'm excited. I think uh, I'm I'm hope hope maybe I'll try to 
catch a game down there. I don't know, but I'd like to. I haven't I haven't been to Lakeland in in a long time. Um, so <laughs> you never know. I might be reporting live from spring training and seeing what I seeing what I find. But how expensive are tickets for spring training games? I can't imagine that they're anything crazy. Well, COVID made things weird, um, but apparently, according to like Jason Beck, uh, he's he's a Tigers beat writer on Twitter. Um, they sold out their spring training allotment of tickets in thirty minutes. And we were Holy the cow. We were the worst team, where we were the bottom two team, and in, in still in Major League Baseball last year. And yet, I mean, we sold, we sold out. So I like, it makes sense. Detroit, Florida. I mean, you're going to get a lot of, a lot of Michiganders just end up in Florida anyway. So all the makes, snowbirds. Yeah, there all are the more Michigan's like more Michigan license plates in certain cities than there are Florida license plates. It's hysterical. <laughs> so so that could play into it like you know tigers fans are just gonna go and see in florida but still like people are also desperate for live sports desperate yeah. for live sports but i don't think every spring training facility sold out like that the dodgers definitely did in arizona but i mean that they just won the world series so that makes sense and close enough to california um yeah but still i mean i think that just shows that like when the fans are there or the the tigers do have some loyal fans and they they didn't get to see tigers baseball live all at all last year so like the first chance boom we're taking it oh yeah that's pretty cool i enjoy that um and then torgelson was hurt but i i that was bigger news than it was supposed to be um because i guess like what seven stitches or something yeah but he's gonna play so um That'll be, that that'll be really exciting because now this that will be Torkelson's first like action against live bat like or like a different team right because Riley Green he had last spring um and he he was our best hitter in spring training last year but again he was you know going up against like triple A or double A guys but still like he was hitting tanks and was just yeah. I think I think he batted in the high like three sixties in spring training like it was ridiculous um so that'll be really cool just to. I mean, just to point towards the future because that's what we have to do with all of our Detroit sports teams because we live in Detroit or Metro Detroit. Um, and that's we always have to look to the future. But that'll be really cool. I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. Torqued. Torqued. <laughs> uh, uh, Red Wings. Like- nothing, to, nothing to add? Nothing. I loved it, man. I'm sorry. Noel, do you have something? No, you're doing a great job, Corey. <laughs> man I, I feel like i feel like dylan larkin right now carrying this podcast on my back hey i made an amazing joke <laughs> earlier i'm kidding out yeah you guys are you guys are really bringing the uh the comedic relief tonight that's that's pretty oh, cool hey remember that one time that we uh we beat the hawks and then we lost uh seven the to two of them raise the banner oh, <laughs> <I've heard. laughs> beat chicago you in doing? chicago in 2021, raise it right next to the 08 Cup banner in in Little Caesars Arena. Here it comes in the in the in the pizza arena, the pizza pizza bowl. Mm-hmm. The dojo. Uh, the dojo. The dojo. <laughs> I uh, I know that Sveshnikov is going to go back down. I know it's just a matter of time. He but, was already um, reassigned, but that was a paper move. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm going to be sad, because, but I'm also very excited because I didn't think the younger Smeshnikov was... Pardon He's me. older. 
Yeah. Oh, I thought he was. Again, he is two years older. Yeah. Really? Yes. Hmm. But uh, yeah, he's good. He's pretty good. He, he knows what he's needed, doing. He just needed. He just needed to be healthy. A chance. Yeah. yeah and really. yeah, and to be given a chance to play on a line that wasn't competent. Held. Yeah. Really. Holy cow! We have we're we're looking good for the next couple of years. I'm very excited about our prospects. Yeah. But but didn't he as get, of now we'll cry. Wasn't he? Didn't he get Time an assist cry. on a Nielsen goal? Yep. yep. So that should the tell you that he's a miracle worker. Miracle worker <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> like if he had just had that assist, I think we all would have been like, sign his contract, mm-hmm. keep him here for years. Like, <laughs> they also got a power play goal. Build the he made us, Yeah, he made have, us. Yeah, we have two games in a row where we've scored on power plays. That should not be something we're so excited about. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, how no. low. That is how low we've stooped. We went forty-one <laughs> power plays without a goal. Forty-one. Yes, we were there. It was not fun. Oh, like, I didn't we, know it was that many. We owe we owe so many different statues to so many different people. We owe a statue to Christian Juice, who yeah. is slowly becoming my favorite player. I, oh, I guess not slowly, but yeah, he's he's yeah, he's come good. The juice, the juice man, <laughs> the juice is loose. Yeah. Also, I think also, we're just a fan of consistency, <laughs> like just or Detroit. Juice. Okay, like yeah, juice. I like like orange juice or apple juice. Cranberry yep. juice. Yep. Okay, Chris and I were the funny ones earlier. I think you should stop. Wow. <laughs> Good Lord. No, but like I feel like Detroit fans are just looking for somebody who's consistent, and Juice has been that. He's been a solid defenseman and a solid off offensive defenseman. Like he's just he's been doing well, and I think that's why we're big fans of him. Yeah, really. My favorite thing about the wings so far is from last year to this year, we have such a big roster change. Like a pretty drastic roster change from last Huge. year to this year, yeah. and a lot of these guys are on one-year contracts, or a lot of our old veterans are finishing their contracts. So if we thought that last year to this year was a big change, I have a feeling that this year to next year is going to be an even bigger change. I I I love it. I love that we have an actual like we're finding what fits, and then we're cutting off what doesn't. And uh, I think that's going to be a continuation for the next couple of years until we actually have a prominent and competitive <laughs> playoff team. But do you mind? I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm right in the middle of them talking. I'm talking about. Oh, oh my oh, word. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, my gosh. Chris, you are an awful human being. Don't give me that face. <laughs> Marielle, I know you can't hear me live, but I want you to know that we love you. If you're listening to this podcast and post, just. Corey and I love you. Oh my gosh. We don't support anything that Chris is doing at the moment. Oh my gosh. What did we just go back to the 1960s? If my if my future father-in-law is listening, I promise I'm just messing with her. But uh he he pretty much is my our only fan at the moment. I know that for sure. But oh lord. <laughs> oh jeez. So you're telling me you're alienating our only fan? Wow. <laughs> Great. That's how podcasts die. <laughs> No, no, <laughs> but, but no, I'm very excited about the Red Wings. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, 
Well, moving on from what just transpired, Chris, we might need to have a talk man-to-man on how to treat women. I'm a very loving individual. I promise. I'm, sh- I'm sure you are. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about uh, some of these not these up and coming stars, but at least productive players. We can, we can agree on that, that they're a productive player. So I think we can all agree that Shvechnikov should have had a chance to play. And I think that he's taking full advantage of that being, you know, getting what three points in two games in, in partaking in a win in Chicago. And this, Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, this was all without Dylan Larkin this weekend. So the fact that we Mm -hmm. beat Chicago without our best player should, should tell you, or our best two players in, uh, Larkin and Bertuzzi is a miracle within itself. The the Lord shined upon us one night in Chicago and we are forever grateful. But um, so you might be thinking, well, if, if Glenn Denning or not Glenn Denning, if Shvechnikov is getting good and, and juice is looking like a, like a, you know, a productive piece, what does that mean for the expansion draft? And I'm going to tell you, um, Oh, um, I did, I did a little bit more research. Um, and I think as we all could see, like, why isn't Giovanni Smith playing right now? Um, first and second year players are exempt. Um, so Giovanni Smith played last year for the first time. So this would be his second year. Um, so he would be exempt from the, from the, from the draft, I believe, unless they like, unless they count this off season as the off season to his third year, or I guess, I don't, I don't know what goes in that, but I, it would really only make sense that Smith is not playing because they're trying to protect him, which yeah, full well, I think we can understand that. Um, but um, Zadina is in his third year. So he, we would have to protect him and Shvechnikov has been up and down. Uh, and this is like his fourth year. So again, we would have to protect him if that's the, the decision we want to yeah. go. The problem is we have um, a, guys with no movement clauses that, under these rules, we have to protect unless we get them to agree to waive that no movement clause. So I, I was thinking about this and I'm like, well, there's no way that, you know, these guys would do that because everybody wants, you know, stability and they don't want to just have to up and leave and, you know, move away from their families. But is anyone really going to take Franz Nielsen? <laughs> like, like I, I'm serious, like without, without us offering somebody something like, no one's taken Franz Nielsen. No one's going to do that. Is anybody going to take Danny DeKaiser? No. No, he was on waivers a couple nights ago and nobody took him. Exactly. So, I mean, I guess it's different because if you have to meet a cap floor or, or okay. whatnot. But I, but still, like, no one's going to take him. I, I Yeah, I, I agree, Noel. Like, so, those would free up spots of who we can protect. So under, under this, I, I just crunched the numbers and I'm on cap friendly again, because cap friendly is wonderful, wonderful place. Um, so we would, we would probably protect if there's no trades and all, I mean, we don't have our unrestricted free agent sign. We would protect Larkin Mantha with these no movement clauses, Nielsen, um, Fabry, yeah. Um. Hold on. Sorry. Zadina. Yeah. Zadina. Uh. Uh. Vlad Nemesnikov. Um. Yeah. And Bertuzzi. How many is that? Is that six or is that That's seven? Eight. That's, That's eight? eight. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Yeah. So my my point is, 
if we can get him to to wave those, that frees up uh, a defenseman we can protect and a uh, forward we can protect. So like we're not we're not losing Nielsen, we're not going to lose to Kaiser, but that means we could also not lose Juice. I would have to imagine Steve is doing something like, it's just like, Hey, just move, wave your no movement clause. Like you're not going to go anywhere. No one's going to take you. That's probably a difficult <laughs> conversation to have, but like, but it's the truth. I mean, like, especially with the Kaiser's case, no one is going to take him. Um, and if they do, okay, fine, whatever. Um, why don't we just like give him a cap push? Like, why don't we be like, Hey, we'll give you a bonus if you take this off. Right. Is that, is that a potential? Uh, is there well, anything could- against that happening? We have the cap space for it. No, I think we would have to – well, maybe. I don't know. I think we would have to – yeah, I guess you could. Um, I'd have to look into that. But, like, whenever that happened with Vegas draft – because all these rules are the same for the Vegas draft. Um, a pick was attached. And we have we have uh, a third-round pick from Vegas, and we have three second-round picks uh, in this upcoming draft. Um, so I, I we could – maneuver that i don't think we're going to give up a second round pick to just yeah isn't the it. rule isn't the rule that uh it's like you we can force a pick but we have to give them uh we have to give them like a pick or something like that for it is that right we could yeah we can force them to i mean like we can get them to agree to take somebody but usually we have to give them a pick uh, or something like that uh but yeah. the point i'm trying to make is if eiserman has to have a plan to move or waive these no trade clauses just to free up some space it's not like our guys are like Oh, we can't lose any of these guys. I mean, we're already a bad team, so like we're gonna have turnover anyway. But like, I was thinking like we could expose Shvashnikov, um, so that we don't lose a guy like like a Zadina or I mean, we I would hope we would protect Zadina, but like a guy like Vlad Nemesnikov. So like he's a quality center on our team, so we wouldn't have to lose him, but we'd lose a guy that we cut earlier in this year. But I'm thinking about it again. If if we have a freed up forward spot in a freed up defenseman spot we wouldn't have to lose a guy like uh troy steacher or like uh a vlad or a shvechnikov at this point but i was also thinking what if we extend bernier and we protect bernier and expose grice now grice has not been very great but that could also just be due to the the team the bad team ahead of us but Looking at other teams' goalies, like other than prospects, and I don't necessarily think you want to throw a prospect out there right off the bat. Like, what other starting caliber goalies would be exposed? I think I'd have to do more research, but I mean, if I'm a team, like I, I think everybody when Grice signed here was like, yeah, that's a pretty good signing. Like, it's not like, oh, I hate this. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't the corpse of Jimmy Howard we're throwing out there again. No. Um, but Ooh. I think. I think Grice could be a potential person that would be taken. Mm-hmm. So especially if the, the defense is a little bit better. And plus I, I think after just seeing his frustration on Sunday, I don't think uh. he, I don't think he wants to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, but those are my thoughts. And I think uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see what Detroit does. And Steve, please, please, please get these men to waive their no trade clauses for just the sake of keeping more guys, please. Seriously. If for the, correct me if I'm wrong, Corey, for the role for the, um, for the uh, Seattle draft, it's eight forwards, 
five defensemen and a goalie, or is it eight, three, and one? Seven forwards, three defensemen, forward. one goalie, and then if you want to do like if you wanted one more forward or one more defenseman, it gets knocked down to eight uh, players protected total. Eight players protected total. That's right. Yeah. Um, Thatcher Demko. If I'm Seattle, that's what I'm going for. I know it has nothing to do with the wings. They'll expose. Oh, well, I guess there it is. They'll expose Holby. Holby will get taken. Exactly. That's what I'd Holt- snag up. A tandem of Holtby and Grice. You need two goalies, right? Whoa, that'd be pretty sweet. I mean, Honestly, that's, that's that's a pretty productive. Yeah, that's not bad. If I was Seattle and you had to start off with Braden Holpley, that would also bring in fans. That'd be that's a big name that you could bring in because that's that's going to be the hard. That's the hardest part with Vegas is like they didn't have like a ton of like large, large names. They had Mark they Andre had, Fleury. Fleury. Yeah, Fleury I know. Guy, but I other know. than that, like. William Carlson blew up like he had 40 goals and yeah. like he wasn't he wasn't anybody before that and then uh Mark Stone no he right. came later way later oh yeah my bad uh Jonathan Marsha show or however you pronounce his name like again was kind of like an underrated player but then he blew up um uh Riley Smith kind of yep. I don't know I don't but <laughs> yeah I can't stand him so like it, the Vegas had the perfect storm of these players like blew up yeah, but but Mark Andre Fleury was the pull, um, and Holtby could be your pull. But then if Holtby stinks, Grice as an option. I yeah. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, we that's the scary thing is we do have a lot of prospects that we're gonna be like out in the open, right? Like we got or not prospects, but a lot of new guys that we have out in the open. Yeah. Oh boy, I but I don't think we have to worry about because like again like the guys that we're trying to protect. I mean, Smith is the only guy that could potentially, and, that, and they're being pretty. They're they're not having him play for those exact reasons, and Zadina will be protected, and uh, it's just a question of if Shvetchnikov produces because he's I he he will play for the rest of the year. If he doesn't, then I don't know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, it's just like, the clause. Like, the clause is only people who have played like in the NHL, like Griffin's players are were they're safe for the most part, correct? Or no, they're still they're still good. So like Joe Valeno could t- potentially be. No, he's not okay. a he's not a he's not a second year NHL player. Okay, so they have to be in the NHL. Yeah, minimum. Okay, okay Vegas so that's took good. Thomas Nozak from us last year or last time, and he was an AHL player. But he was. I think he had played. Let me let me double check that. I don't know. Because I think it might be not NHL player, but... Just first or second year? Yeah, I think it's first or second NHL, but if you've been in the AHL or NHL for three years total, you're viable for taking. Could have that completely wrong. But that's... So, Bergeron? Not Bergeron. What's his name? Noel, you know his name. Starts with a B. You you just sent us a link for him. He's the he is playing. He's in the SHL. He's not in the AHL. Is it is it is it Bergeron? Is that right? Yeah, Bergeron's right. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Noah, I think you might you might be right, but I also think Nosek spent time in the grid. So like his first season was uh, in 2015, 2016 for the Red Wings, he played six games, didn't do anything. And then his second season, he played 11 games, scored a goal. Um, but he had spent a year or two in the minors. So I think you have to appear 
Because it's nine games. I know for like contracts and stuff, it's nine games, right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. This is six. <laughs> this is nine. Uh, I wonder if it's like similar rules in that regard because he played eleven in that second season. Yeah, that crosses that threshold. I don't yeah. know. That's but yeah, under this rule, wouldn't a second player, second year player, be exempt? You'd think, but I guess, I guess not. But I think he played before in the AHL, and that counts somehow. We, I honestly, I looked so much for the rules for the expansion, I couldn't find. It was just like a blurb of an article. I had like six things, and it's like that's definitely not all they have to look at because if that's no. the case, then then no sex shouldn't have been available. Um, no. So again, the NHL screwing up, not letting fans know what's going on. <laughs> Classic. I love later in an episode to break, like once we get closer to it, to break down the potentials for Seattle, like the week before, like because I know before the Seattle draft, they're actually going to come out with everyone who's protected from everyone's team. It'd be a lot of fun to dive deep into what you would do if you were a Seattle GM. I saw a lot of like build your own Seattle or like build your own Vegas. Yeah, games. that was cool. That'd be uh, sweet. But that takes forever. Like just to go through that list. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. I tried to build it and like it came out nothing. Like I, I think I ended up taking. Who did I take from the wings? I, I can't even remember. I think I might have been dumb and took like Abdulkader because I was like, just get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the case. Um, yeah. So crazy mm-hmm. stuff. But crazy, I, crazy it it could it could end up that what fans expect uh, is going to get taken from the wings is not what's going to get taken. We could very well get that again, like some AHL player. They're like, oh, okay, fine, take them. But yeah, sweet. We'll see. We'll see. Exciting things to come. Oh yeah, very exciting things. Mm-hmm. Well, Noel, we uh, we it seems we've reached that point where uh, yeah. We got a lot of time for you, Noel. Yeah. Oh, good. More time for for me to talk about terrorist organizations in baseball. My Uh, favorite. (laughs) (laughs) So for this week's uh, reading nook, I chose the book Terror in the City of Champions um, by Tom Stanton. It is a nonfiction, obviously, book that follows... Uh, the Detroit Tigers in their World Series runs in 1935 and 36, as well as uh, Dayton Dean, who was a member of the Black Legion, which was an offshoot of the KKK, um, also a group that the KKK called a little too radical. So if that gives you any idea of what they were like, not good. Uh, just, wait, sorry, I don't want to. What's yeah, this player's name? What's no, Dayton Dean was not a player. He was, oh. he was a really he was an avid baseball fan. Okay. Right, um, but it did follow Mickey Cochran a bunch. Okay. If, yeah. You know who that is? Yes, of course. Okay. I was just making sure. Um, yeah. So it follows Mickey Cochran um during his time as a player manager with the Tigers, which I didn't even know that was a thing back in the day. Um and it, I, I found it really interesting because it juxtaposed this really exciting time to be a, st- a sports fan and really exciting time to be in the city of Detroit 
That was kind of the heyday of Detroit, even though it was the Depression. It was still a city that was doing really well with the automotive industry. Um, Henry Ford, even though he's not an amazing human being, was uh, doing good things in terms of the economy and all of that kind of stuff, creating jobs. Um, But juxtaposing that with the the literal terror and the fear that came out in that yearish period where they were pretty active. Um, it, it was, it was really interesting to see the two overlap. Um, so the black Legion was anti black, uh, anti Jewish, anti Catholic didn't know that there was so much anti Catholic, uh, sentiment in the United States back then. Apparently there was hated Catholics. Um, yeah. So like just very specific groups. Oh, uh, anti-communism because everybody was anti-communism back in the thirties. And yep. What's your face for? I'm just like, like, like that's like everybody. Yeah. If you were not a straight white Protestant man, you were not allowed. That's the dumbest. That's the stupidest. That's the stupidest reason to start a terror. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. This, is, this is wild. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, wow. even though many, many of the Black Legion members were avid sports fans, avid baseball fans, the Detroit Tigers at the time had Catholic players, had Hank Greenberg, who was Jewish. Mm-hmm. He had, I mean, they had a ton of, um, yeah, ton of Jewish people, ton of Catholics, like, it was very it's very interesting to see how they could make excuses for rooting for the tigers to win and then go and try and kill reporters and uh you know random people on the street i mean they they went out and targeted just random black people there was a moment in the book where somebody's like i feel like killing a black man today so they got in their car and just drove around until they found a guy and Good shot him Lord. and killed him yeah so uh just watching that and uh, following it through a bunch of these like newspaper articles and and recordings and um, how Mickey Cochran was like him and Joe Lewis were the most famous people in the sports world at the time. Like sure. everybody wanted their autograph wanted to be, there were crowds wherever they went. That was, it was crazy. And because of all that pressure and because he had the kind of the team on his shoulders, Mickey Cochran actually had a psychotic break. Like wow. he completely, almost like completely lost his mind because of all of the pressure. And he what was also was targeted. I'm sorry. What year was this? Like, take- uh, like 36, 37, 38 in that area. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tired um, a couple world series in that time. So, yeah. And so the book actually starts off with 1935 world series, which the tigers lose in the finals. And, no, they they won in thirty. I think it was the, I think it was the year before or the year after. Are you sure? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I it's. Wrong. I'm looking. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. Uh, Cochran's um, leading the Tigers to another American League pennant in '35 and earning a victory over the Chicago Cubs in the 1935 World Series. Um. Okay, you're right. So 34 they lost. 35 they won. But I they started off with the 34 loss in this in the book. Sure. And the the one of the lines in the last paragraph of that chapter was like, you've never seen a city so defeated by their, by their own sports team. And um, 
personally, like for me, that just reminded me of the 96 loss for the Red Wings. And I know everything just kind of circles back to the Red Wings, but like getting this close to that mm-hmm. championship and then losing and then coming back the next year and winning and just like how exciting that was for the city um, and how like hopeful that was, especially in a time of depression of the great depression, when there wasn't a lot of things to root for, there wasn't a lot of good happening. You wanted Joe Lewis to win the championship title. You wanted the Lions to win. That was another thing that was really interesting was that in a six-month period from 35 to 36, the Tigers, the Wings, and the Lions all won their first championships. Detroit is to this day the only city in the United States to have a triple championship. Represent. No one can take that away from us. Okay. Boston almost clinched it in 2019, but we love the St. Louis Blues for stopping them. Thank goodness. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and how, like, deeply involved the Black Legion was in just watching and rooting for the sports team, but also killing upwards of 50 men because they felt like it. Wow. Um, and there was also a section that covered kind of Joe Lewis's rise because a couple, like a year later he won his heavyweight championship um, and then defended it for 12 years. So there was a section in there about what Joe Lewis had to do to be accepted by the white citizen. Um, They had staged photos of him reading his Bible rinkside. Um, They, he wasn't allowed to be like wearing too many fancy clothes. He wasn't allowed to be around Uh, too many women like he had to uphold a very specific persona and and public front in order to be accepted by the average white american yeah um and to just kind of read that and and know that that happened and probably still happens a little bit today um was very very interesting um I will say that the book is a little jumpy. So if you're not like invested in it, uh, you're probably going to get a little lost. I did read the, or I did listen to the audiobook as well, which was helpful. Um, and I think that the, the narrator did a really good job of keeping it, uh, pretty organized and pretty in, uh, in line and like understandable. Um, for fans of uh, Devil in the White City, which is a story that's pretty similar, it was about um, the Chicago World Fair and H.H. Uh, H. Holmes, who was a serial killer during that time. It kind of juxtaposed the two stories of how awesome the Chicago World Fair was with this guy that was killing people in his murder house. Yeah. Um, very similar story, very similar setup uh, in this book. Um, so I'd probably give it about a four out of five stars. I really enjoyed reading it and and learning about that era in history because I didn't know a bunch, um, especially about just Tigers baseball back then. I didn't know a lot. And so learning, learning that much was a lot of fun. Yeah. Where does it rank up to uh, with the Nick Lindstrom book? Well, Nick Lindstrom's just going to be number one because it's it's (laughs) Nick Lindstrom and it was his book. So I think uh, in pursuit of perfection gets five out of five. And this guy, we'll get we'll give him four out of five very nice 
Well, you said you were talking about it's not just about the Tigers. It's about Joe Lewis, too, correct? Yeah. So it, it covered um, it was a, there was a lot of Joe Lewis and a lot of Tigers. There was a chapter kind of about the Red Wings um, and their Stanley Cup run. Didn't talk much about the Lions. It mentioned them because it was a t- it was talking about like the city of champions. Like that was what Detroit was kind of dubbed after this yeah. year. Um, and so it did talk a little bit about the the wings and the lines, but it mostly covered um, Joe Lewis. And I think it was mostly because he was a black man trying to navigate sports during this time. And the yeah. black Legion, obviously not a fan of that. Um, so it, it was really interesting to like read his story and then the tigers and then the black Legion and just kind of how they were all so convoluted, but also so separate. Right. No, I think that's really interesting. I, and especially for like us just being, you know, Michigan area sports fans. Um, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball in uh, 1947. Um, But it kind of seems like, unfortunately, like whether we take a look at it or, you know, just history in general, like, oh, this was the first black athlete. It's like, no, like Joe Lewis was boxing way before Jackie Robinson. Like you had the Negro. And Jack Johnson before him. Right, exactly. Um, and like you had the Negro Leagues as unfortunate as it was to have that, but like that still existed. Like there's like, and Josh Gibson is another prominent uh, black baseman said to have hit, I think he hit like 800 home runs uh, in the Negro wow. Leagues and like, it, like just crazy stuff. So like, I mean, I think it's really important uh, to learn about the struggles of like a guy like Joe Lewis. Cause like, just hearing you say like, Oh, he had to dress a certain way. He had to be a certain way. And like, like that it's heartbreaking. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's also reality. And the fact that it was happening even before Jackie Robinson too, makes it probably his story even more difficult, I would think. Um, so, but like, I don't know, like, I I guess you have to learn from history in order to not repeat itself or, you know, whatnot. But I, Mm -hmm. I think, um, and just, I've never heard of the Black Legion before, and it sounds like even from the beginning they were whack and they just hated everybody, but also were really violent. Yeah. Specifically they also people. had an initiation where people, where the men would show up to rallies that they thought were like political rallies, or one guy thought he was going to, um, I think it was like a graduation party or something. Like he thought he was thought he, thinking he was just going to a regular event. And then he was brought to the middle of this field and these guys in black robes and hoods surrounded him, held him at gunpoint and were like, swear you're going to be a part of this thing. Make a blood pact with us and you're not allowed to leave. And if you did try to leave, they would track you down, bring you back and whip you Oh my! and God. then release you. So like these men weren't telling their wives where they were. So a lot of their wives thought that they were having affairs because they weren't coming back until like two in the morning. Um, they, yeah, like when they did try to run, they were hunted down and brought back, like just absolutely insane. And the FBI didn't feel like, didn't feel like they had jurisdiction to investigate. So this is the Detroit police department and the Wayne County police department are trying to figure this out, except the black Legion has members in both of those, in both of those organizations. So they're cock blocking everything. Wow crazy just wild it was a wild read from start to finish 
honey, relax. I'm I'm not cheating on you. I'm just in a in a, in a terrorist murder cult. Can you can you calm down, please? <laughs> I'm in something worse than the KKK. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like That's what? Insane. That's crazy. Holy cow. I didn't I even know about that. That makes me wanna, I, I'm gonna read it now. That sounds great. I don't. I don't know how to read. I might need to learn how to just. Or no, there's an audiobook. I don't need to learn how to read. Nope. There we yeah. go. There you go. Audiobook. Audiobook was good. There we go. Yeah. I'm that's excited. Awesome. I'm excited. That's a. That's gonna be really fun to read. Well Not done. Fun, but <laughs> ten out of ten out of ten review. I feel like I'm right in the middle of 1935 Detroit, and I'm yeah. being I'm being held at gunpoint by the Black Legion. <laughs> <laughs> There was a point when they started describing Belle Isle and how beautiful it was. And like my heart was just like, I just want to be back. I just want to go back to Detroit because I haven't been there for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been on this side of the state for however many years. But I just I miss it. Well, Anyways. Hey, maybe we'll, we'll welcome you back to this side with a Tigers game sometime soon. One month. Woop, woop. One month to Tigers. The next exciting thing to happen. But. Woop woop. From from all of us at the uh, CNC replay, it's been a it's been a fun one. We've heard about pelicans and uh, old old Detroit history and uh, and uh, things about the wings. And so I really hope that you all have enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed talking about it. And thank you so much for listening if you got this far. And uh, follow us again on our socials. And uh, ta ta for now. We will see you next week. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Hey, everybody, it's Corey with the CNC Replay. I just want to say thank you guys for listening this week. And do not forget to follow us on our social medias. We have a Twitter account and an Instagram account, both at CNC Sports Pod. We would love to see you interact with us and maybe even make fun of us a little bit um, because that would be cool. Um, So check us out and I hope to hear you next week.